Well, good evening and welcome, friends, fans, colleagues, uh, back to Voices of the Sacred Feminine Radio here on Blog Talk. I'm your uh, hostess, Karen Tate, uh, and I've been here uh, uh, leading the leading the show here for the last decade, and uh, it is my great pleasure uh, to bring you so many inspiring voices that I believe fit so nicely under that huge goddess umbrella. And just a shout-out of thanks uh, to Celia uh, for use of uh, her music here on the show. And that particular snippet you were, looking, you were listening to tonight uh, uh, is from her single called Meta Prayer. Uh, now, tonight, um, you know, uh, as in most of my shows, uh, I think I have a, a great one for you. And uh, if you're a regular listener, you know I am certainly not afraid of controversy. And, um, you know, uh, to me, this is not a controversial subject, uh, men and goddess. Uh, for decades, I have been uh, a proud advocate of uh, men being included within goddess spirituality, and I've had countless men on the show because uh, uh, I feel like they have uh, so much uh, to offer uh, within God of spirituality and it should be uh, an inclusive thing uh, but uh, you know that isn't the case uh, with everyone you know I spent the early years of my uh, uh history or history within God of spirituality and in a woman's group that uh, excluded men um, much to my disappointment, to tell you the truth, uh, I would always feel like, uh, well, if, you know, we can't complain that men don't get it if we don't uh, include them and teach them about goddess. And that has been, um, you know, my position uh, for decades. So it's always wonderful uh, in my uh, point of view to uh, uh, talk to, uh, you know, one of the fellas about goddess uh, so that uh, he can then, you know, be a voice uh, for, um, you know, so many of the other men out there that uh, embrace the divine feminine. So I'm glad to have with me tonight uh, Eric Dupree. Uh, he's an award-winning writer uh, known most for his feminist writing, Alone in Her Presence, uh, and his column at the Wild Hunt, uh, uh, titled Dharma Pagan. He's also uh, the author of several books, uh, including the anthology Finding the Masculine in Goddesses Spiral. He's a longtime collaborator within Women's Mysteries, which we'll talk about, uh, which is informed by uh, training with the Reclaiming Collective, uh, the Order of the Black Madonna, and the uh, Regenica uh, Tantra. Uh, he can tell us about that as well. I'm not familiar with that. Uh, his work has been described as intimate, evocative, and deeply transcendent uh, and celebrates the cycles of the season. Uh, it's uplifting and uh, also celebrates matrifocal and intersectional feminist principles of renewal and regeneration. Uh, so, uh, as I said uh, at the opening, I'm very happy to have him with me tonight discussing our topic, Men, Goddess, and Healing Masculinity. Uh, so, Eric, uh, welcome, welcome to Voices of the Sacred Feminine. Thank you so much for having me. I'm deeply honored to be uh, here. Well, uh, well, thank you for your time, and thank you for, uh, you know, the insights uh, you're going to share uh, tonight. You know, I, the things I said at the opening, you know, I don't take lightly, you know, because I really do feel like uh, the feminine and feminine values um, – 
you know, within women and men. Uh, I think they they help temper the toxic masculinity that uh, that is patriarchy, uh, that is capitalism, uh, that is domination and exploitation. You know, and you know we'll get into that. I don't know if you know you see all of that the same way as I do, but uh, you know I've always felt that you know it can't just be left to women. You know this uh, you know this is really a mindset rather than a gender thing. Uh, in my mm-hmm. opinion, and um, you know that's what I've been talking about uh, uh, for years. So it's always great to have a, a, a male goddess advocate. So um, I'm excited to have you here too. Um, so let, why don't we, you know, let's uh, start where all things should start. Uh, you know, at the beginning. Um, uh, you know, do you, uh, you know, do you also have a, a God in your spiritual paradigm, or, or are you primarily um, what I call a goddess advocate? Um, it's so funny because, uh, no, I don't. I think that there is, I think the goddess is the God, sure, in some capacity. Um, Mm-hmm. But it's all goddess all the it's it's all goddess all the time. Right, right. Well, I I've, that, I've been having yeah. in, No, go ahead. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Keep um, uh, complete your thought sure. there. I would, for me, I think that it's it's an ecstatic monism. You know, the goddess can take on characteristics that have a god type, you know, generative nature, but. I would say that more often than not and always, you know, in a transcendent way or in an imminent way, um, it's all goddess all the time. Um, whether yeah. it's the mother of the Buddha or it's earth herself or it's you or I, um, it's, mm-hmm. it's all, it's all goddess. Right, right. Well, mm-hmm. I, you know, I even have an invocation that I usually say, "Goddess is all things, and all things are goddess." And you know, it, it uh, you know, it, it's uh, it's it's kind of a weird thing. You know, there are times when you know I I actually do acknowledge um, you know male gods, but you know it's secondary to me. You know, and because I do mm-hmm. see you know, the, the masculine and the feminine within goddess. And, you know, we don't see them very often, uh, you know, especially here in the United States. But if you've traveled to uh, some of the museums, um, you know, in, in London or Paris or uh, I'm trying to think, maybe there's one at the Met, I'm not sure, at the Met in New York, you know, there you will see uh, some very ancient goddess statues that actually have, um, you know, male and female genitalia, um, you know, it, it, you know, as if, uh, you know, I guess that can be interpreted different ways uh, by different people, but I, you know, it could also be literally interpreted as she embodies, uh, I think, the masculine and the feminine. She is all. Right. I think for me, I mean, from a cosmology standpoint, um, and and this is this goes to like, I think that concept of like mitochondrial Eve, you know, we all humans and all life sort of stem from female, even if mm-hmm. we evolve into more, even if we evolve into more. I spent so many weeks in gestation as she, before mm-hmm. biology and and creation science and life made me he, you know. So mm-hmm. and that's just that's just I don't mean gender. I just mean sex. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. um, 
I think that we're that the resonance and the wideness and the and the magic is far more expansive than like God goddess. But I think that that goddess is 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 she and is generative and is mother, and that's how I see her. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's there's really nothing else beyond that for me, which is why when I did the anthology Finding the Masculine and Goddesses Spiral, people would say to me, I write this in the forward, which goddess are you talking about? And I'm like, the goddess. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, which one? And I'm like, I don't care whichever one you want to write about. I just mean the goddess. Um, right. And so, right. you know, um, so sure. So there's no yeah, God. yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, sort of the you know idea of goddess, uh, uh, the monotheistic goddess, so to speak. You know, um, uh, you know. I have a friend that says, you know, she is a diamond with many facets, or you know, exactly. she's a tree with many many leaves. You know. Um, so just for listeners who might not have understood what you meant when you said uh, mitochondrial Eve, um, just yes. uh, you know, explain, explain that briefly. So it's the science that says that all life stems from a single origin of female, all human life. And it traces this lineage that we um, collectively come from a, a nucleus that is woman born um, mm-hmm. and it's DNA science that I think originates in the in the 60s but I could be wrong um, and it's a it's part of of a, of a science that I find interesting only because when you speak to men about feminist spirituality or goddess spirituality and they're like where's my part where's my space where, where do I fit in you know it gives a little context of like you are part of this story um, you're not separate and distinct um, so that is um, and it's not without controversy there are plenty of people who probably would say that that is pseudoscience um, but that is a, a, a piece of of, of comfort for me as I, as I look at, you know, the whole totality of our, of our creation and existence. Yeah. Yeah. That we all, I I mean, I think a lot of women within goddess spirituality know that we all, uh, men and women start out as female at the, you know, in those early stages of life. Uh, But I don't know if all men realize that. You know, um, so uh, it's it's an you know it's important to mention I think and um, so I so I guess Eric um, share with us how is it um, you kind of came to this take on uh, goddess spirituality um, you know that uh, you know goddess is all. Uh, for you, you know, as opposed to, I know a lot of men within the pagan movement, you know, they, they may embrace goddess, but, you know, they got to have the God in there too, you know, the, the divine couple, so to speak. Um, Why was it different for you, you think? Well, I think the, the peace is exposure. And for me, I come from a matrifocal background. So I was raised in conservative Christianity, but I was raised in, with women. So I, 
I wasn't really raised in a church setting where there were a lot of men. Men were building churches, men were ministering. And so I spent the majority of my um, informative years surrounded by women, women in, in mm-hmm. charge, women making productive decisions um, and mm-hmm. taught to respect women. And so because that was the case, I saw women as my teachers first. And mm-hmm. it's key because I think um, when it came time to create identity, you know, it is, it's Joseph Campbell that says that, you know, humankind gives a faith to God. And so for me, I started giving a faith to a God that looked like my primary teachers. And that was like my mother mm-hmm. and my grandmother and, you know, the church school teacher. And it was a woman. And the more I began to explore wisdom tradition, um, you know, I fell in love with Starhawk and not all of what she would write, but, you know, alone, awesome, and complete within herself, uh, the goddess stared at this black expanse and fell in love with herself and from that spiraled out creation. I mean, the poet in me just found that so enchanting and it just, it began to take shape. Like, what does that mean? What does that look like? Um, And I had no idea at like 16, 17, 20 years old that there was that that was a subset of paganism or that that was part of a larger picture. I just knew that there was an entity that was that. And the seeker of wisdom and truth, you know, was like, oh, who is that? What is that? And then, you know, they're studying about, you know, the goddess in the dirt and Maria Gambutis and all of that starts to happen for me. And, I want to be part of that. And I want to be around women because right. they're safe, secure, and supportive. And, um, and I'm not looking to be invasive. I just want to hang out. And because I'm not mm-hmm. looking to be invasive, people are like, sure, he's harmless. Mm-hmm. He, he, doesn't want to, well, and, he doesn't want to be invasive. So, you know, that's yeah. the key. You don't want to be invasive. So, sure, he can sit around and hang out. And next thing you know, I'm like just hanging out. Um, and so for a long time, it was hang out in women's circles and sing, we all come from the goddess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you really want the truth. And that's how it took shape. And I would say that's how it took shape in like my early 20s. Um, in like, I found a UU church and like in a UU church, like that's how it took shape. Cakes for the queen of heaven, mm-hmm. where I really shouldn't have been probably because I wasn't a woman, but I was not threatening. And um, I just kind of hung out. And I, and I created an image of, of the goddess before she took faith, you know, before she became transcendent with multiple different names, she was just goddess. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 what you're, what you're, what you're reminding, you know, I think I would be remiss, uh, to, uh, you know, if, if I didn't say that, um, what you're making me think of is uh, the, the the sin of patriarchy in the sense that you know you did not find it odd in the least uh, to um, you know because you saw female leadership early in your life um, to see the divine as a she. 
Um, and, and, you know, and, and so that reminds me of, you know, our, our mythology shapes our culture, you know, and, mm-hmm. and the mythology that, you know, patriarchy shoves down our throat is the male god, which leads to male, mm-hmm. male leadership. And, uh, exactly. you know, we can't forget that, you know, how important the narratives are, um, you know, it, 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 because that does shape how we, uh, you know, how we see the world, how we're willing to, um, you know, uh, to see our options, uh, so to speak. And it's not without difficulty, because, of course, like any um, man, any white cisgendered male, I mean, I'm gay, but it, that's so suspect to the story it wasn't without rubs like I don't want it to sound like it wasn't without challenges because certainly society puts the white cisgender male on a pedestal and I certainly had moments in the beginning where I was like well why can't I aspect the goddess Mm -hmm. we'll just say that like once once reclaiming started to come into my world and I figured out that there was like a place it was like that's not your role here and I was like oh Mm -hmm. well why not I'm the goddess too. And it's like, no, mm-hmm. that's not your role here. And, and trust me, a very strong women who, who gave me identity and put me in, in, in my place or said, you know what? Now the conversation is closed to you. And I was like, mm-hmm. why? And they're like, because you're not a woman. And I was like, but, but I am. And they're like, but you're not. And I was like, Oh, Okay. And we'll talk about that later, but, like, that's where some of the rubs start to come. And I was like, oh, my place has, like, changed because I'm a boy. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Right, and, right. and you accept you accept your you accept your place and you create new places and, you know, um, evolve. And it's really powerful. But I will say you're right. Um, even to this day, like, my family, like, my conservative Christian family, they are more troubled by my affinity, my publications, my writing about the goddess, and they are about my sexuality. Like, you don't <laughs> believe in Jesus. Like, yeah, like, you don't believe in Jesus. And I'm like, no. Like, it's really hard for them. Because you're right, we're raised yeah. in a world that says God is he, and that's the way it is. So, it is, yeah, yeah. you're very right. Yeah, yeah, and I have evangelical family in the South, and uh, uh, I don't even think they uh, dared read my books. You know, they just said I was going to burn in hell because Jesus, right. you know, Jesus wasn't my guy. You know, uh, well, you no. know, it, it, you know, they never they never bothered to ask me if Jesus was ever my guy. They just assumed he was, but sure. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I, I I know what you mean. But you know, uh, you know, just from my you know standpoint within you know the goddess community, um, you know, in Los Angeles, you know, I I grew up in a Dianic. Uh, community, and uh, I appreciate the fact that those women taught me about goddess, uh, but I couldn't stay in that anymore because I found it too confining, uh, too restrictive. You know, it, it was a it was a box, just like Christianity was a box. Sure. You know, and it didn't it didn't feel normal and natural to me to exclude men from everything. You know, because I had a wonderful mm-hmm. husband. You know, I wanted to include my spirituality, and um, 
you know, and I kind of see now, you know, I mean, I, I see uh, Dianic spirituality as kind of the conservatism, if you will, uh, or mm-hmm. even the fundamentalism, you know, uh, of goddess spirituality to, you know, to a certain extent, you know, because of that, um, you know, that, I mean, let's face it, in a way it's discrimination. Uh, I remember when all of the hoopla uh, was on the Internet, uh, with Z Budapest, and uh, some people took her to task and said, you know, how are you any different than uh, right-wing people who exclude women if you exclude men? You know, exclusion is exclusion. And, um, you know, and, and, I, and I do feel like that, you know, and, and I often take flack for it, you know, um, and uh, a bit, but I, but I'm a strong proponent of uh, of partnership. You know, I think we, you know, we we create life together, and uh, you know that that in itself, I think, is a solid foundation for the fact that um, our spirituality is is supposed to exclude, um, you know, uh, men and women. You know, not just women. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really interesting. Uh, so once upon a time, I read everything that, that Rosanna wrote and, you know, I think like any wide eyed person, I think I imagined that I would be in the Susan B. Anthony Coven, you know, Mm -hmm. and it never occurred to me that I wouldn't be because I didn't know that that wasn't a place where I could be. And so it's so interesting right. to me to think, to think, you know, that, that you, that there is a place that, that there are goddess communities that don't welcome men. I think that there is a space that is needed for all lovers of the goddess to come together. Whether I, you, I you know, I also think that in that same collective, in that same circle, we are a circle within a circle, that there needs to be space for just women to hang mm-hmm. out and a space for just mm-hmm. men to hang out. Um, I yeah. don't ever think, though, that, like, I think that, like, and people need to understand that, like, the conversation is different. It's not that the magic or the wisdom should be you're not welcome. It is the experience is different. So how mm-hmm. do we have intersectionality? And this is where that wisdom tradition has hurt themselves in some ways because they have um, cut themselves off from a vast community of people, not just men, um, that could offer them so much more and still retain yeah. their own identity. Um, and that's the sad part. And I mean, I think that's the, the you, you and me, you know, learn that we are all, everyone has inherent worth, you know, and are, are mm-hmm. all welcome under that big tent. And so I think that um, the goddess is that big tent and she is everything in all things. And if we all come from the goddess and men come from the goddess too, trans people come from the goddess, all people, um, and all creatures. Yeah. So I think that there in lies the, the structure. I think for me what I've discovered is it's how you approach 
the community. And a really beautiful story around that is Shiva, not her, is Shiva, the god Shiva. And if I can indulge you, you know, in northern India, Shiva is staff and spear. That's his iconography. And he sits and he's strong and he's very patriarchal looking. But in southern India, you get dancing Shiva, the lord of the dance, and he's beautiful and he's, you know, in the, you see him in yoga studios and he almost looks like a female. And it's because mm-hmm. in southern Indian tradition, that's a goddess community. And he's mm-hmm. washed in the goddess. And mm-hmm. when, men al- when men allow themselves to be washed in the goddess, staff and spear goes away. That concept mm-hmm. of patriarchy goes away. So when men enter goddess community, whether it's Susanna's community, your community, my community, any community, it's how you approach the circle. Mm-hmm. And that's like I think the, that's the conversation, it, whether it's in pagan community or it's in uh, women's community or it's in the work in the world, it's how are we integrating ourselves in? Is it staff and spear or is it sort of washing a goddess mentality? And I think that like, yeah. that's the lesson of being in goddess. Well, well yeah, because, you know, to, yeah, it does. You know, I mean, it, it points, in my mind, it points specifically to what I think are goddess values, which are, uh, right. you know, partnership, collaboration, respect, not domination mm-hmm. and exploitation, you know. Um, and what you're describing, you know, the Shiva of southern India, uh, you know, the the, mas- the masculine that has embraced as feminine, um, you know, that is, uh, I think, the whole healthy male, you know. Agreed. Um, and, it, you know, where the one with this, you know, this, this, the spear um, can potentially be the toxic masculinity if it's, um, you know, if it's about domination, if it's about hierarchy, if it's about um, authoritarianism, um, you know, and... and uh, uh, yeah, I, I like that you said that, and 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 you know when it comes to community, yeah, I think there does need to be all women's circles and all men's circles and mixed circles of all sorts, and everyone needs to allow space for all of that. You know, um, you know, I, I think when women want to have a woman-only circle, if other people want to intrude on that, uh, that's rude and intolerant. Uh, you know, it, 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 I don't know if that if that makes sense. You know, uh, and I think if men well, want to have an all men circle, well, yeah, yeah. I I mean, it's like everybody. It uh, you know, everyone needs to give everyone the space they need to create what they need and participate in what they need. Um, I mean, that's why I like the Goddess Studio down in Orange County. You know, they have women only uh, Sundays. Uh, you know, Sunday services. And it used to be that it was all women, you know, in the, in the very early days, years and years and years ago. Uh, it, was, it was only women. Men could come 
um, if it was a private event and uh, they would hide the altars, uh, you know, men couldn't see the altars, but they got away from that. They evolved out of that. And now the altars are open for everyone to see all the time. They have men on the board. They have, um, uh, they have male, um, uh, I, I forget the term they use, but they have men that serve at the temple. They have a title. Uh, and the fourth Sunday isn't, uh, you know, is for everyone, you know. So they make mm-hmm. space for women only, and they make space for everyone too. And um, you know, I, I think it's a pretty healthy, you know, a pretty healthy compromise. Um, and 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 one other point I wanted to make, you know, Z. Uh, I mean, I've interviewed Z numbers of times. You know, she's, uh, and you know, she's endorsed endorsed my books and and things like that. Uh, uh, you know, she has willingly admitted she has taught men. You know, I think she's even ordained some men, and she has pan mm-hmm. groups, which she talks about in her books. Um, but I think sometimes, uh, you know, the Diana community wants to forget that, um, you know, because they're trying to protect, you know, that women-only space, Um and and in fairness to them, you know, I think, you know, a lot of, you know, women would prefer it that way in some cases because they that's the only place they feel safe, you know. Uh, maybe they've had bad things happen, uh, you know, to them at the hands of men. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I think it is important and important to, you know, to point out that, uh, you know, the person who created the Susan B. Anthony Coven, you know, that she did um, – you know, teach men, ordain men, and, uh, you know, I don't think we should ignore that, And you know, to her credit. Well, I mean, I think that, like, and I've always said this, like, there is a powerful history to the work that was done, you know, mm-hmm. way, once upon a time. And I think that I wrote about this once um, a few years ago in a blog article somewhere, Patheos maybe, that, you know, I honor the work that Z did in the 70s and 80s that created and helped spearhead the goddess movement that we have today. Like, you know, mm-hmm. we have to, like, where have we, where have we been? Like, she's part of where we've been. Um, right. You know, I think where we're, where we're going is very different. Intersectional feminism True. is sort of where we're at. And either you're yeah. on that bandwagon or you're left behind. I think that I am fully aware that erasure of women is very real uh, for all people. And um, I think it's important to like name it, to see it. But I also think that like, we have to find ways to be inclusive and, mm-hmm. and really like, like it's so important to me, the goddess in my mind and the goddess that I feel is all goddess. All people. Well, and she's and she's the goddess of love. She's the goddess of interconnection. She's the goddess of oneness. Right. And and if we really believe that, then you you know if you can't reconcile that with being exclusive, you know. Agreed. Um, I, I think. I, I think if, if you're going to be about oneness and love and compassion, then uh, being inclusive goes you know hand in glove, you know. Um, 
Well, and and I, I want to get to, to this too. You're mm-hmm. uh, um, you you write feminist spirituality. Um, I love it. I a do. man writing feminist uh, spirituality. I mean, I know we have a lot of male feminists out there, um, but right. I don't know many that actually write feminist spirituality. Uh, or maybe they do, do and just don't label it as such. Um, so so tell me uh, tell me a little bit about that. Um, Sure. You know, it is it is it different? Do you think at all from um, uh, the the feminist spirituality uh, women might write? No, I I mean I'm trained by feminists, mm-hmm. and I'm trained by feminist witches and feminist you know spiritual people, and it's all I've ever read. It's all that I do. I mean, my my students and the people that I work with are women. You know, so mm-hmm. I don't, I rarely am ever in a circle with a group of men. Mm-hmm. It's oftentimes women and me. And the interesting mm-hmm. thing is that it's not women who are, um, it's not women who are deep in the process of discovering their feminist spirituality. They've already long, they're long, those women are reading your book or they're working with mm-hmm. Yesha Matthews, or they're, you know, on a retreat with Starhawk. These are like ladies on the street who are coming to a yoga class or to a circle, and they've never heard the charge of the goddess. And I've mm-hmm. woven it into something. Or they're reading something I've written for, you know, a newsletter, and they've never heard that life comes from them, like big life, not like a child. And, mm-hmm. you know... Or they've never heard a Durga story made real and that they are Durga, they themselves, not like Durga, a statue in a studio. They, you are the goddess. That's the stuff that I write Mm -hmm. about. I like make, Mm -hmm. I write about feminist spirituality on one level as you direct our goddess. You are worthy. You are powerful you are woman and you matter. In part because when I did not feel like I mattered, it was women who told me that I did. And because we live in a society that does not value women, I feel like it's my responsibility to consistently write and reconvey that message. So that's all I ever write about for the most part, um, especially like in blogs or in, you know, sometimes for the wild hunt. Um, when I've written for Paseos, um, those are the type of things that I, I write. When I write, you know, books and stuff, it's a little bit different. Um, and then on the flip of that is teaching in, in groups or group settings. It's, you know, what does it mean to, to be alone, awesome, and complete within yourself? Like, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. What does it mean to have a group of women actually, like, read The Charge of the Goddess? They've never even heard of it before. You know, I think it's, like, super powerful. Um, so that's the space that I hold um, mm-hmm. in my practice right now. When I meet with men, it's a little bit different. So actually, it's a lot harder, <laughs> way harder, um, because they, they, they are, like, staff and spear for the most part mm-hmm. um, and full of misogyny. And, have mis- and those are just, like, clean spirit. Like, they're not, they don't, not even pagan. They're just just meeting 
loading daily practice of spirituality. So that's one type. The other type of writing that I've done is, um, you know, there was a while during the election campaign where Hillary Clinton was called a witch, burn the witch. I wrote an article about that. It was extremely popular. And I wrote about how that wasn't okay, that you would never say that if Hillary Clinton was a man. And how that not only degraded women, that degraded our wisdom tradition, that um, was not empowering. Um, so that is sort of the, the writing that I also do. So they take both sides. And then I also write about earth as sacred um, from a place that the earth is, is real and that she is the goddess. And what if you gave yourself permission to step into her and not step on her? So those are those nice. that sort of feminist writing that I, I write about. Um, mm-hmm. I have been labeled at times the nicest <laughs> pagan writer because I don't, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm really, I'm warm and fuzzy. <laughs> um, I'm warm and fuzzy. Eric, we're, Eric, we're going to take a quick little break here. And, uh, and when we come back on the other side of this commercial, uh, I want to hear about uh, your favorite uh, goddess story or creation story. And um, I want to talk a little bit more about to- toxic masculinity and um, the three ways men can enter into a relationship with the goddess. Okay, um, so uh, that's what we'll do when we come back. Uh, but... Uh, For the next uh, minute or so here, we're going to hear from Joe Carson. tell you about Joe Carson's film, Dancing with Gaia, an exploration of earth-based spirituality shot at sacred sites around the world. This is from Janina Renee, author of Playful Magic and By Candlelight. Dancing with Gaia is a magical, transformative film. Just watching it can alter your perception of the physical body and the energy field of the goddess Earth. Next time you are taking a walk or simply gazing across the landscape, you might find yourself affecting mystical fusion with the local earth forms or making deep contact with the spirits of place. If you want to engage deeper with the consciousness of the earth, there are a number of detailed but simple how-tos. What's more, seeing the exquisite works of these Gaia-inspired artists could energize you to start working on some of your own spiritually expressive projects. The DVD was shot in some of the most powerfully sacred sites in the Western world. It comes packaged with a 45-page color booklet, which goes even deeper into the ideas and techniques in the film. The package is just $20, and you can get it from dancingwithgaia.com. Okay. So uh, I am back with my guest, uh, Eric Dupree, and uh, our topic is men, goddess, and healing masculinity. And uh, before we went to commercial, uh, Eric was telling me about um, the awesome feminist uh, writing, feminist spirituality, uh, writing that he's been doing, and uh, 
sounds like some great stuff. And uh, I actually look forward to reading some of it myself. Um, and uh, the anthology that you have out, uh, Finding the Masculine uh, in Goddess's Spiral. Um, so were the contributors uh, to that anthology, Eric, were they uh, men, women, or both? Or They're all men, and they were all, all I'm really blessed. So some of the top uh, pagan male authors of recent times contributed to that anthology, Christopher Penzak, Evo Dominguez, uh, Devin Hunter, David Salisbury, I mean, uh, Storm Fairy Wolf, lots of really amazing writers all contributed different stories. And it's broken up into three sections, um, Maiden, Mother Crone, (laughs) Um, and then the community part at the end. And some ritual is in it, as well as... um, as well as um, a foreword by Yeshi Matthews. Because I felt it was really important that a woman write the preface to the book. So a woman wrote the preface. Mm-hmm. The rest of the book is all men. Okay, okay. Um, it sounds like an awesome It's really book. great. It's super great. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's deep. Men wrote about their... Um, yeah, men wrote about their deep magical experiences, you know, with the goddess, with select goddesses, with their first encounters with the goddess, with the goddess in community. Um, it's super powerful. Like, I am deeply honored to have curated this collection. It was really challenging for me. Um, for this reason, I had, I discovered I have a really unique relationship to goddess that is not typical for men in paganism. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I don't want to say that it's, it's, it leans more towards what quote women might have, but because I grew up and then studied with many women, I have never really approached the goddess from other. And I discovered in, in editing it. And I write about this in, preface um, in my section, in the introduction, um, I discovered that a lot of men approach the goddess as other, that she is separate and distinct. She is an entity that they encounter either as like mother-y or sexually or, you know, sort of like this nebulous transcendent being and I think a lot of women see goddess as an extension of themselves which is why I think goddess spirituality and women is so intertwined and so like interpersonal and so you know like we all come from the goddess and it's very like women's circle and so I see the goddess in that way, I am the goddess. I write about it all the time. Well, and, and so well, and, I, well, and I for was, some, yeah. Well and, well, and for some women, uh, goddess spirituality is uh, so closely intertwined with the female body, too. Not all, not well, all women, you know, in, interpret uh, goddess spirituality that way. But for the ones who do, uh, I think for them it's harder 
uh, for them to incorporate, uh, you know, to find the place for the men. You know, sure. um, you know they can they can maybe see men as consort, but um, you know that that's maybe the extent of it. So so I think this is this anthology uh, actually is 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 really an important piece of work because not only do you teach women who maybe think you know goddess is primarily uh, for them that. Uh, you know that she is so important to men as well but i think you're also teaching men that to that that to embrace goddess is you know it's not just for gay men it's not emasculating uh that uh you know it really is for all of us it is and i think that the more that i work with men the more that i'm in community or in men's groups or in circles whether they're pagan or other um people, men specifically, feel that goddess is not separate and distinct, that she is mm-hmm. part of the part of the conversation. Right. You know, and right. part of part of their conversation. You know, part of their well, let's, practice. let's talk a little let's talk a little bit um about uh how you believe goddess uh or goddess spirituality can heal the toxic uh, masculine or masculinity. Sure. Sure. Well, I think it stems from the fact that in order to know goddess, you have to know women. And I think that that is the key. And I know that that sounds really, can sound really nebulous, but it's not. So if the, the real crux here is if you want to invite the goddess into your life, you have to invite women into your life. So if you're, you know, we'll use gay men. If you're a gay man, you can't be misogynistic. You can't be misogynistic, period. So mm-hmm. calling women the B word or not being polite or not having female friends is not inviting the goddess into your life. So rule number one is you have to be right with women because the goddess is a woman. Yeah. It's every yeah. woman. You know, so hashtag yes, all women. So if you have a problem with rape culture or you don't acknowledge that rape exists, you have a problem with the goddess. Like it's not, you can't be separate and distinct. It's all intertwined. And I I think that extends to men who don't understand male privilege, you know. Right. uh, And and, and don't (laughs) acknowledge uh, how, how women have been marginalized. Uh, and and probably the 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 things that they suffer in patriarchy. Um, I, I think uh, I, I think men really have to open their eyes uh, to all of that. You know, I mean, look how many people don't think domestic violence is a thing. You know, um, and and I I, I I think those men would have a hard time. Uh, you know, they they would be part of the toxic masculinity. I believe. So when I work with men, we're not working. So when I work with women, I'm empowering them through goddess iconography. When I work with men, I'm empowering them through facts about real women. That's the first step. Like, you need to get to know women. Here are some women's stories. And then sometimes it's, here are some stories about powerful goddess icons. Mm -hmm. Because you have to explain to them, and obviously, now, a man's not coming to a goddess workshop because he's not slightly woke, but 
you have to understand that for men, they have to understand that the goddess is women and women are the goddess. So how do we respect women? How do we invite that dialogue? And that's the first real part is, you know, what is patriarchy? What is power? What is your power and privilege? Those are the conversations that I have. Um, and are you ready to step up to that plate? And a lot of men are. Like a lot of men these days that I've talked to, you know, are having that dialogue. A lot of pagan men are having that dialogue. Like what does that mean? Um, when that starts to happen, the shift becomes different. You know, there's a shift that's mm-hmm. there. Um, and then you can start to talk about like, you know, what, what does mother look like to you? Because here's an interesting thing. Men who didn't learn to respect their mother don't respect their wife, mm-hmm. you know? And so that's like a fact. So if you don't respect mother and you don't respect fact wife, you're never going to respect goddess. So mm-hmm. how do we respect mother? How do we respect wife? What does that mean in relationship? How do we create relationship with goddess? How do we create relationship with women? Um, so those are the beginning conversations. What does rape culture look and, like? What does it mean? And some, and some would say if they don't respect mother and they don't respect women, that those are probably also the men who would, uh, you know, who would defile the earth and think nothing sure. of destroying the social, uh, destroying the social safety net and kick the dog. Um, you know, it's, uh, you know, it, it's that really, it's that toxic. Uh, it's that toxic sort of personality, uh, and right. and they might not even see it see it as <laughs> as uh, as male privilege. You know, they may have grown up in an environment where that was just normal. You know, they were well, entitled. The so the interesting thing is this, and this is the part that I think is fascinating, and isn't I don't know the right word for it. It, it might it it's a way that it's a way that male it's a way that male power dynamics work to our advantage that I don't know if this works with women. So what happens is say you have five guys, right? And four guys are empowering of women and one guy's not sort of the bully factor works where like that one guy who's not loses out. And that's what has to happen. Enough men have Mm -hmm. to become aware to almost shame the other one into compliance. And it's a really awkward power dynamic that doesn't, I don't know if it happens with women, but it happens with men. It's like the strongest of the, it's like a hunter gatherer thing. Like you fall in line and it's not so much always with all men, but it's almost like you, you, if you hear someone acting out and enough men give the look behavior changes and it's an interesting – I didn't grow up with it. I've learned it from sort of watching because I grew up surrounded by women. They didn't do that. Um, so it changes the paradigm. And I think if enough men become keen to treating women with respect, treating the earth with respect, treating each other with respect, more and more men will – patriarchy will begin to topple down. And yeah. Attitudes will change yeah, I, because it's not a woman's yeah, responsibility to work out well, this mess that men are dealing with. Well, and I also think that um, I think men will hear it, 
more quickly uh, from a man than they will f- uh, f- uh, from a woman, you know, uh, for some reason. Well, probably because, you know, the guy uh, who is doing that kind of stuff, uh, well, the woman is really pretty marginalized in his eyes. She's not sure. uh, someone that he would, res- you know, he would respect, but uh, but he would respect his peers, so to speak, I think. Agreed. Yeah, yeah. Um, so just uh, just so that we have a sense of where we are time wise, we probably mm-hmm. uh, believe it or not, we only probably only have about fifteen minutes left. We've um, oh. uh, it's uh, yeah, time time really flies. Um, so let's uh, let's go on to three ways men can enter into a relationship with goddess. Well, putting aside respecting women and getting in community with them, I think the first one is. Um, if open your heart to the concept of the divine feminine, you know, and I think that that can be challenging for some men. And so for me, I, I would say that the easiest way to do that is to simply ask, simply ask. Like if you are not pagan or if you're not, if you are new to spirituality, then that might be really foreign. And then I would look towards your wisdom tradition to the icons and deities that are female. So if you're Christian, that might be Mary. If that, if you're a Buddhist, it might be Guanyin. You know, if you are Jewish, it could be Sakina. And what do they look like? What are their stories? Read their stories. If you're pagan, then your wisdom tradition and your part of paganism has goddess iconography. What does it look like? Who is she? All of that has a story. That's the first part. I think the second mm-hmm. part is ritual. You know, it doesn't have to be complicated or large. It can simply be to light a candle, invite the breath, and simply ask for that deity, for that goddess, and so for me, it's just simply goddess. I don't even often give goddess anything more than that name to be present in your life and then to open your eyes. So goddess is breath to me more often than not. Shakti, that which we breathe in that gives life and then on our exhale takes it away. And then earth around us, God herself is earth all around us. Open your eyes and just look. Mm-hmm. I think that's the first part. And the other part, Karen, I think it's really important is to speak. You know, there's a really good poem, a poem that I wrote once. Um, I whisper words about her endlessly, often to myself, because it makes me believe that no one could love me like she does. Talk to the goddess. Just talk. You know? And I think when we create the dialogue and the communion, there is a reception that will happen with her. I think that's crucial. So often men are devoid from spiritual communion. You know, it's like, it's a process. It's a practice. You know, know, what is it? And I think if you just begin to speak to and commune with, God, God will fill your life. That would be what I would say is the thing to start with. And then if you want a book... There are plenty of them out there. Your book, 
just because it says, you know, for the sacred feminine or, you know, goddess for women, pick up the book and replace the exercise with, for, that says her with him. You know, more often than not, unless it's about unless it's about menstrual cycle, it's not going to be exclusive. You know, practice yeah. is practice. You know, and well, I would and, say that that is where I start. Well, and I even think, uh, you know, I even think there's a place for men in learning about the sacred mysteries, the blood mysteries, uh, because you I know, agree. so often I've heard men, you know, women, you know. Uh, lament the fact that men don't respect, you know, their their menses and their sacred blood. Well, you know, they haven't been taught to, you know, and so that's that's why I I think they shouldn't be, ex- you know, totally excluded from all of that, you know. Um, well, I so agree. Do, so do but... you? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, have you had? Uh, I mean, have it seems like you've you've met with a lot of inclusion um have you have you met with inclusion even along those lines or was that kind of where the line was drawn no i've met with inclusion there too um i mean i think that i i I would say there is there is a there's not much that i've not been exposed to i would say that I do not have the wherewithal or the knowledge to teach blood mysteries, and it's certainly not something that I would ever open myself to. I understand them, and I and I know them. Um, I did recently host a um, a workshop where I taught yoga, and then we created packets of um, reproductive health products for women in need, and that was about as extensive as. Um, I got, but I did teach a create. I did do a creation story, all about one single line of. Um, I can't really want to say this on on a radio show. One single line of, of. Of red blood that connects all of us together, links us all the way back to the great mother, and somewhere mm-hmm. in the story, somewhere in the story, I said, "We women." <laughs> And it didn't dawn on me that I wasn't a woman. <laughs> I wrote the story, and it didn't dawn on me that I wasn't a woman. And I was just like, we women all bleed together. And I was like, wait a minute. I'm not sure if we're all women or if we all bleed, but oh, well, here we are. Um, Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Well, you, um, <laughs> well, you were in the energy it of it. You were, you I were was. in the spirit of it. I, I get that. I get that. <laughs> So, so Eric, do you have a um, do you have a favorite uh, creation story or goddess story? My favorite is uh, a homogenized version of the um, Scott story that uh, Starhawk tells of alone, awesome, and complete within herself. The goddess looked into the black expanse, and from that expanse, um, spiraled out all of creation. Um, that is. So I tell one. that. I tell all of that one, but I stop at the part where Mira splits and splits apart and creates the God. <laughs> I take that part out and I just say, it all began in love and it all ends in love. Because <laughs> I don't have a God in my cosmology. I sometimes like rewrite that part <laughs> into something different um, because it's not my, not my truth. But um, gotcha. the God is like, spins herself out and creates the heavens and the earth. And I, so I go on this long spiel and then I come to the end and it always sort of changes. But I love the idea that awesome and complete within herself 
she looks into the black expanse and falls in love with herself. I find that so beautiful because every one of us can give ourselves permission to do the same thing, to fall in love with ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like I think that's the part about goddess that is so important to me is that each and every one of us can give ourselves permission to fall in love with ourselves. And when we fall in love with ourselves, we can re-enchant the world. And that's the part about the mysteries of the goddess that is so important. And other wisdom traditions don't teach that in the same way. And that's like the real clincher for me. And so I think that's the one that I, I love the most. Well, you know, Eric, I have to say, when I hear you talk about goddess, uh, I, I can hear that it is a love affair. You know, um, you are you are definitely you are definitely devoted, and I would I would challenge any any woman out there who says there is no space for men in goddess spirituality to hear you and still say that. <laughs> uh, so so let's just let's just close. I mean, we could close on that mm-hmm. high note, but I do want to I do want to hear just quickly um uh, if you want to share a little bit of what your uh your daily practice is. Sure. Um so I have several, but one that is super important to me is I wake up every day and I I do various prayers and devotion to the goddess um that's super you know important to me um that's i think the 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 first and then i give a practice to everyone and this is the practice that i give um i invite all people and all of your listeners today no matter where you are in your own journey and if you're not a person with daily practice to get a candle any candle that has a smell that you love. It's all about what it smells like. That's not the bathroom candle. A unique smell. And so just light that candle and invite a phrase or a word or a prayer. I love Holy Mother in whom we live, move, and have our being. That's usually all I say. Um, light it and then visualize the idea that someone or something is wrapping themselves around you. And let that smell just fumigate so that you can smell it, that smell. And just sit in that scent as it wraps around you. And imagine the embrace of being welcomed into space. And it doesn't have to happen every day, but a little bit often will equal a lot. And to me, that is the beginning of coming into presence. And that is the goddess. And so that's my daily practice, to light a candle that has a smell to it, to whisper a prayer, and to imagine that my whole body is being enveloped by, you know, the great mother being held for a moment. And then then starting my day. And I might add a whole bunch of other things for different reasons at different times, but that's like my daily commitment to myself. And I really welcome people yeah. to like write, write their prayers to, to, you know, come up with one or borrow someone else's until you feel you're inspired to add your own. Got it. 
you know that that is truly lovely uh i mean i could i could get a visual of it you know i was you know kind of seeing the scent of the candle uh like in this uh you know this sort of pink haze you know kind of just wrapping itself around you i mean that that's lovely lovely eric i love that so um all right um so let's just remind folks um about uh your writing and where they can hear more from you cuz I certainly think they're going to want to. Uh you've been very uh inspiring tonight. I feel like you oh. uh you you embody the goddess in in your uh you know in your outlook and in your in your beliefs and um I, I'm so glad you came on tonight. So you you've written alone in her presence, and is mm-hmm. uh, where can people where can people get that? Is that just your typical book on Amazon or the usual places? Or oh yeah, so if they go to Amazon.com or my website EricDupree.com. Um, all of okay. my writing is there. So there's a couple of books and yeah, good stuff like that. <laughs> and are you still writing person. for the Wild Hunt? I know, um, me too. I, I, I don't. You know. I, <laughs> I write an occasional. Um, I write an occasional piece. So my next one, I think, is Christmas time. About I don't know what it's going to be about yet. I have the goddess. <laughs> and um, okay. Yeah. And um, and are you? I am, I'm uh, are you doing new, any? I'm writing. I'm writing something new right you're now. You're writing. Like a new a new book type thing right now, and so keep your eye out for that. It's crystallized and it's almost done. Um, but, you know, my website um, and Amazon.com has all of my books. And, I mean, if you want one from me directly, you can just email me and I'll find it and send it to you. But, um, yeah. Okay. Uh, so that's, uh, so it's Eric, E-R-I-C-K, with a K, Eric mm-hmm. Dupree, two E's, D-U-P-R-E-E, uh, dot com. Uh, and, you know, when that next book comes out, you'll have to get back in touch and uh, come back on the okay. show, and we can, talk, we can talk about it. Perfect. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, too, Eric. I've, uh, I've enjoyed uh, chatting with you tonight. Um, you know, you've, uh, uh, you know, made me feel really good. You know, like all of these years I've been fighting for men to be included in goddess spirituality. You know, you make me feel like I wasn't, uh, wasn't off base there. <laughs> it was the right thing to be doing. Uh, so, mm-hmm. so thank you so much for being out there. And uh, do you have any classes or anything like that coming up anytime soon? Or? Um, check my website and sign up on my, my email. I have an email sign up for people to sign up on. I might be doing something online, something goddess-oriented okay. online. So, so yeah, okay. I, right. I've written something, right. so we'll see. Okay, sounds good. Well, listen, will you have a uh, great holiday season, and uh, I'm sure uh, we will uh, we will talk sometime in the future. And thank you so much uh, for being on the show tonight. Thank you. Okay. Good night. Good night. Well, um, lovely conversation. I'm so glad Eric was with us tonight. Um, he made me feel good just uh, hearing him describe uh, how he, uh, what his relationship is with Goddess. Nice, nice stuff. Um, so uh, 
I will be back again with you next Wednesday, uh, and my guest uh, will be Julia Stonehouse. Uh, Her latest book, The Misconception Files, uh, which looks at contemporary gender politics, history, and prehistory from the point of view of people's ideas about where babies come from, uh, is what we're going to chat about. Uh, She calls this subject conception theory. Uh, So uh, Julia hasn't been on the show in ages, and uh, this is her new book. So I'm so glad she's going to be coming back because this is a fun fun subject. And um, then the last Wednesday of the month, uh, I will have no guest. It will just be you and me. (laughs) Uh, I've I've decided to go ahead and share with listeners uh, the talk that I gave recently about the power of goddess uh, spirituality to change the world and uh, why goddess spirituality is so relevant. You know, the getting beyond Goddess 101 uh, and getting more into Goddess 2.0. Uh, so I will be sharing that talk I gave uh, publicly with all of you out there uh, who lamented the fact that, um, you know, you were not here in Southern California and couldn't attend, and I unfortunately didn't get a chance to get the talk videoed. Uh, So uh, you won't see me, but you will hear me. So the last Wednesday of the month, uh, right after Thanksgiving, uh, you can tune in, and uh, I will be giving, uh, sharing that with you. So, um, well, that I think will do it for me tonight, Uh, folks. I want to thank you Uh, As always, for your listener loyalty, uh, I would ask you to go to my website, KarenTate.com, and uh, it would mean a lot to me uh, if you could show your appreciation for the show uh, by possibly um, buying some books there or making a donation to help me pay for the airtime. Uh, And there's free stuff there, too. Uh, There are uh, free talks I have up on YouTube. There are uh, free meditations you can avail yourself of. Um, And uh, I hope you will. Um, All right. Well, until next Wednesday, uh, I hope you have a wonderful weekend. I know you're probably getting busy uh, planning for your Thanksgiving holiday. Uh, If you are en route somewhere, I hope you'll binge listen to uh, some of the shows here in the archives. And you know what? If you're not going to be traveling, you know, let uh, you know. Let your Thanksgiving be uh, you and I and my guests. Uh, we can, uh, you know, come together and uh, you can, uh, you know, share the holidays with uh, with the voices of the sacred feminine um, guests who have been on the show, and you can catch up on uh, all those shows that you probably wanted to hear but didn't get a chance to. Uh, so. Um, I will say good night now and uh, thank you again. And uh, I will leave you with uh, a word from uh, Laura Perry to close the show. Good night. The Minoans of ancient Crete, an egalitarian society where women were honored, where the sacred feminine was revered, where peace and prosperity reigned for centuries. Hi, I'm Laura Perry, and I'd love to help bring the ancient Minoans to life for you. Explore Minoan spirituality with my books, Labyrinth and Horns, and Ariadne's Thread. Embrace your creative side with the Minoan Coloring Book. 
and discover the wonders of divination with the Minoan Tarot. You'll find all these at Amazon and other good online and local bookstores. Find out more on my website, lauraperryauthor.com. <laughs>